This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. to the bridge zone you're at the table with barry and mariana we are heading into a whole lot of tournaments being available online now barry and everyone's getting a real taste of online bridge in fact i was talking to one of our members haven't been playing real bridge at all and dipped their toe into it last week thought it was fabulous yeah they're going to be playing online which is awesome getting tricky though we're playing in the marlborough 518s on saturday which is online and it's fair to say that i've never been to marlborough to play bridge i probably never would if it wasn't online but i had the choice because hastings are also running a 518s online on the same day so it's quite a quite a big clash like something that would never never have been a clash somebody in hastings and somebody in marlborough all of a sudden people have to make a choice that's right. And that's the same on Sunday. I'm actually visiting Marlborough as well. And I got a text this morning, oh, do you want to play in the Waikato area pairs? And I was like, yeah, of course, when's that? This Sunday. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm actually going to be playing in Marlborough. That's the Tiaroa heat, which, of course, is being held online as well. So, <laughs> yeah. So there is a little bit of a, a displacement, I guess, about playing fairly low and playing somewhere else we've never ever had to worry about that with the tournaments because you were walking in going there and I was probably like you never going to walk into Marlborough unless I was down that way could be an issue I noticed that Tauranga have got their 518s on on the 9th of September and I noticed that just the other day that the Timaru Congress which is a pretty major event 10A are holding their 10A teams on the same day so that's probably going to affect Tauranga who would have thought Timaru and Tauranga would be any sort of a clash. That's right. So I guess you have to sort of be thinking, peeps, about whether you play local and support your local clubs or support your local region or the region next door or think, oh, well, actually, I'm heading south and use your wings and off you go. Well, you look at it and you think, do I want to play for 5A points or do I want to play for 10A points? Speaking of those, somebody got some A points on the weekend in the Kelly Pierce that propelled them, Mariana? Yeah, tell us about it. Well, there was there was two, actually. Andy Bowie was one of them. She got to Silver Grandmaster on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So well done to Andy. And, of course, Patrick Carter, my teammate, who got to Emerald Grandmaster on the weekend. So we've only got, we've only got three people have ever made it to Emerald Grandmaster, Ashley Bark, Grant Jarvis and, and Patrick Carter. Of course, Michael Weir catapulted past the straight to platinum, so he's had all of them. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fantastic, Bailiff. How about that? His comment was, now I've got another 2,000 to get to get to the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Knock the bastard off and go for the next one. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, so yeah, I don't know what's going to become of all these online things that are now clashing. It's going to be a tough one for... New Zealand Bridge to sort out. Glad it's not my job. Yeah. 
I don't really know what's good. It's so interesting supporting other clubs that you would never have supported. But even so, Barry, you know, we're talking about your local clubs, your regional clubs, and then further afield like North Island, South Island. But you can also add in Australia. You can go and have a little look to see what they're doing. It's just about impossible to find a weekend somewhere where you couldn't get a game of bridge online somewhere. When we say somewhere, that means like in your lounge. (laughs) I know, I know. And one of the things that people forget is that even if you don't want to play tournaments and you just want to have a game of bridge with your friends, you can just book a table and voila, it appears. Pay a minimal amount of money and you've got a social bridge table happening at your place. So you don't need a whole lot of people to have fun with Bridge nowadays. And you can catch up with your mate from Whangarei and one down in Otago, one in New Plymouth and one here in Hamilton and have a game. And that never happened. I think it's blimmin' amazing. It is. It's a great thing for Bridge. I mean, I know there's lots of people that would rather be playing face-to-face. I saw an interesting survey that the Hamilton Bridge Club ran recently about people that want to play real Bridge and people that want to play. The numbers are certainly rising that would rather play real bridge. There's still a lot of people would rather play face-to-face, without a doubt, but there are some people that real bridge is a, is a great thing for them. Mm. And there's still some people that are playing face-to-face at Hamilton Bridge Club. So all you clubs that are doing some face-to-face sessions, we've got three sessions that are running, and those numbers are starting to creep up again, Barry. That's good. The club actually has the mandate of having to wear a mask, and then some of the people that don't want to, play online and don't want to wear a mask are still struggling out there but like I said a well-known bridge player in Hamilton started on Real Bridge last week thought it was brilliant so give it a go the ones that haven't it's very easy to do very easy to set up and I'm sure if you needed some help there's this guy that I know his name's Barry Jones I'll give you his number just email us bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com. He's a whiz on Real Bridge. He can help you. Yeah, you're right. I don't know about that. But, I mean, hey, look, I mean, it's great that people have got choices. So if you don't want to wear a mask, you can play. If you don't want to play face-to-face, you can play. If you do want to play face-to-face, you can play. You've got lots of options. Some people are still not happy with the biryana, but, hey, there's lots of options. Yeah, there is. Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond with Kermit. Phenomena. Good morning. How are you, Kermit? I'm very well. How's yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. Hey, um, well done. The Kelly Pierce teams on the weekend, Barry. Second place. It was really good. But I'm sure that you just felt just a tinge of disappointment to yet again look up and see a new Plymouth name ahead of you. So well done. The carrier team. Well, I looked up Colin. And, and I thought, where's that bloody Livingston? Is that up there? Because it was all a bit tight going into the last <laughs> round. And nah, thank God. And it was another new Plymouth team that had knocked me over. God. Well, they had a couple of imports. They were playing with Kate and John. So well done, you guys. And well done to Barry's team who was second. And we did play each other. Their team thrashed us this oh. week. When we play Pam's team, we never seem to have a close match. Somebody thrashes somebody. (laughs) That's good. For our regular listeners, you may have heard last week, (laughs) I just have to report that I did get a lovely text from Pam 
I think someone hacked my account. Well, you thought I was nasty last week, Mariana. This mindset, well done, you bastard. No <laughs> smiley face, no <laughs> LOL, nothing. <laughs> well, it hurt, Barry. I mean, we were just cruising along and we got gazumped. We crawled our way back up again, but not quite far enough. Yeah. We're too far away at the end. When I was looking out for that Livingston name, I noticed that it, it wasn't that far down the list. You know what we were talking about, that crucial last match. How did it go this week on the last round? What, was it a hard, a toughie, or a, a not Well, it's bad? not quite as, this might be my perception, but it doesn't seem as critical in the last match of the teams as it does in the last match of a Swiss. It seems highly influential in the Swiss. It can be in the teams, but it doesn't seem to be quite to the same extent. I don't know. Is that your impression, Barry? I don't know what the stats are. I think as a general rule, you're right. That for some reason, in a Swiss pairs, that last round draw is just huge. But I would have to say that this week in the Kelly pairs, going into the last round, Mariana, there was 1.7 VPs between first and sixth. Wow. Now that's not very much, mm. and, you know. So it was sort of anybody's game going into the last round. So I think it probably was pretty important as to who you got. But okay, so, so let's let's have a talk about this week's subject. Well, this week's subject is one that actually came up last week in our talk, and I thought that would make an excellent topic for this week, and that is having points in your suit when you're competing. For instance, if you make a Michael's bid, a bit of a standard kind of thing is around a minimum of about 10 points. Well, if 10 of those points are in two aces in your side suits, that's not quite as handy as having 10 points in your two long suits, I think. And same with overcalls. We talked about overcalling with a jack-high suit that's not a very sound overcall in my book. I like to see points in the suit if you're coming into the auction. What do you reckon, Barry? Yeah, I think a good example is what we teach a lot of our beginners is that you can open a hand if it complies on what they call the rule of 20. Your two longest suits plus the number of points that you have. So if you've only got a 10 count, but it's ace-jack to five spades and king-queen to five hearts, that's fine. You can open and you can rebid. You've got two pretty decent suits. If that king was the doubleton king of diamonds, or even worse, the singleton king of clubs, I don't think you should be opening that hand. Even though but you it could still say, makes yeah. the roll of 20, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I've just done the <laughs> But it's just what Pam's saying, really, is that the hand is not so good. And if you open a spade and rebid two arts, and then you subsequently put down your hand, you've only got seven points in your two suits, they might not be best pleased. <laughs> so why is that? So your example, it meets the rule of 20. And I think it's much even more important when you're overcalling. Why are they going to be disappointed when your points aren't in your suit? Because so they do a Michaels. There's probably a reasonably good chance that that king of clubs might not be much use at all, if any. The hand will play a lot better with cards in your long suits, won't it? If your hearts have got good honours in your long suits, and even, let's talk about texture. Textures yeah. as well. I like texture. Yeah. I do like textures and bridge hands and food. 
<laughs> in clothing. <laughs> but by texture, we're talking about your, your spot cards, Mariana, like tens yeah. and nines and eights. I mean, if partners' hearts are king, queen, ten, nine, eight, it'll be way better than king, queen, six, four, two. Mm. Indeed. I mean, and when you quite often you're thinking about taking a dive, well, if you're thinking about taking a dive when partners made a Michael's bid, then if you've got Queen third in their major, that looks like a good holding to be galloping in on. But not if their suit is headed by the 10. It's not quite as good, is it? It's very hard to judge if you, you don't know where partners' points are. And I think it's a reasonable expectation that if they're telling you they've got 10 point or they've got enough to bid and they've got two five-card suits, it's a reasonable expectation that their points are in those suits so that you can make a judgment. I reckon the test is if partners got King X in one of your suits and decides to lead the king, are you both going to be happy about it? <laughs> oh, that's a great thing, Barry. That's a really good rule of thumb, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so if the queen goes down and dummy and declare and wins it with the ace, partner's pained expression <laughs> will tell you that maybe it wasn't such a good idea showing this suit. Yeah, no, that's a good one, Barry. No, points in your suits, especially when you are coming into the auction. The texture is like, it's like butter on your date scone. That's what the texture's like. It's story, Barry, so they're not quite sure what the relevance of that is. But I don't think I should really repeat it either. <laughs> it's worth 50 cents. That's all you need to know, people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I look forward, listeners, to seeing you all at the table and hoping to see you overcall or come into our option with points in your seats. We'll make it a lot harder for me. Join us next week at the Lily Pad with Pam Livingston, Bridge Coach. See you. Mana, mana. Hey, um, last week we were talking about sites. We happened to get a couple of emails with people's thoughts on them. Barry's got a really good subject that he'd like to, to share with you. We got one here saying that years ago on a director's forum, Fraser Rue said something along these lines. If you can replace one of your cards with any card of your choice and make a sound bid, then it is not a psych. So in other words, if you have, say, king, queen, jack to five spades and you're third in hand and you decide to open a spade, well, if you replaced a card from your shorter suit with the ace of spades, opening one spade wouldn't be a psych anymore with six to the ace, king, queen, jack. Nick, he sent this in, said, I don't know if that rule was Fraser's invention or if it has any official status, but it should have been. <laughs> and yeah, that's quite a good guide as to what's a psych and what's not psyching yeah. tends to be opening a suit that you don't really have as judge julie was saying to us sometimes you're better off to psych in a three card suit than say a singleton because if you psych a singleton a lot of partners liable to support you things might not work out so well <laughs> it's probably safer well when i say safer it's not absolutely safe it's safer to bid a suit that you've got a few of rather than only one there was also the little bit about excessive psyching. And it's like, yeah, saying that um, he thinks there's something in the manual that says you're not allowed more than two per session. It doesn't say that you are allowed to psych two psychs in a session. If you type psych twice in every session you played, that would still probably be excessive. Yeah. Who's your team members this week since Judge Julie's directing? Well, we've got Blair and Liz Fisher. They've been playing pretty well, so hopefully they'll be able to carry us. <laughs> are you looking for a piggyback, are you? 
That's right. You're playing on Sunday in the Pears? That's right. Playing with Kevin Birch from Franklin. I'm going to have another crack. It's been quite good. Quite enjoyed it. They have got a couple of pretty good fields for the Pears and the teams. Against it there, Mariana. Coming up next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Good morning, Judge Julie. How's your week started? Good, actually. Really good. Apart from a lot of rain yesterday morning, and it was a lot of rain. It was a lot of rain, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was watching it on, on the news. I imagine a lot of people would have been up to their knees. I couldn't help but wonder how high it would have got on you, Julie. Well, not us, but down the back of our place, we have the Oakley Creek that runs through, and it was a river. And the poor people that have houses down there, most of whom like probably aren't in the wealthier part of the city, just terrible, just everywhere, water. Some people have suffered a wee bit. You've got a big weekend coming up, Julie. You're directing two tournaments for Marlborough, Teens event on the Saturday and a Pears event on the Sunday. So what preparations have you had to make apart from making two lunches? I've got to talk to Patrick about that because he's playing on the Sunday. Presumably he's got time to make me lunch on the Saturday. I haven't actually spoken to him yet. (laughs) You'd think, wouldn't you? You'd think. (laughs) You'd think. But lunches aside, because that really is a sort of byproduct of things, you've got to do the timing and the formats and make sure you've got the stuff you need for Real Bridge and whatever platform online bridges on so you still have to do most of the things that you do when you're preparing for a tournament plus you've got to check what facility there is for movements and things and we've got a reasonably impressive field so it's going to be interesting it's going to be a quite a strong tournament and Marlborough generally like to play a lot of boards so with real bridge it's fatiguing to play online compared to face-to-face. Yes. Just the difference. I don't know why, because I thought it would be easy because you're sitting at home and you're relaxed. So organising what the movement's going to be with the teams, that's quite easy. We've got 20 teams, I think, at the moment, uh, maybe 22, and we are just do a Swiss teams. Uh, the other thing is to allow enough time for lunch because I've been finding that a half-hour break when I'm playing isn't enough because I've got to organise my lunch, as we said. So, <laughs> so, so for the first, first round in the teams, is that totally random, is it? Or is yeah, there some No, it will be random. So it works well and we're going to play probably about 60 boards. We'll have five or six rounds or thereabouts. We're still to be a bit finalised. And I've got to just do the conditions of contest, which normally I have from previous things I've done, which is the time that we allow for each match and what the warning systems are for slow play or things like that, so that when things go wrong, the people that are playing who should have read the regulations have no excuse for saying they haven't been told. So I always like to warn people. And same in the peers. Peers seeding to make sure that it's a relatively even result. We're not playing Swiss. We're playing what's called a switch Mitchell, which means that we'll move around the room and play different people like we would if we're at the club, more so than we have in some of the other tournaments recently. You're seeding the peers fields? Yeah, and I seed not entirely by rating points. I know people do that, but rating points are a reflection of how well you are playing currently if you are playing. And we have had some interesting seeding where we've had people come from overseas who have no record in New Zealand 
and have represented Australia and have been seeded well down the field. And even some of our international players in New Zealand who don't play a lot of local tournaments are going to be seeded lower than those people that come out and play frequently. So the rating system helps tremendously, but also looking at the anomalies to make sure that the field is balanced and we can expect a fair game because that's what we want when we play. Okay. They did play a lot of boards last week in Rotorua, 72 boards, which was, I heard a few people saying, gosh, that was, that was quite tough to play 72 boards in a day online. Over the years, and Patrick will definitely let you know about this one, we have been reducing the number of boards that we have to play for tournaments. And people have been focused on the fact that they like to be able to relax in the evening and not be playing bridge morning, noon and night. And there are exceptions. There are some people who absolutely adore playing morning, noon and night. And that's fine. They, they, you know, that's up to them. But the majority of people like things to be a bit more relaxed and more so was online. It really does eat into the, your time that you've got to get up and actually, I mean, normally at a tournament, there's food somewhere along the line. And you've prepared in the morning with your lunches and that, whereas I find playing online seems to take more concentration and I like to have a bit of a longer break. More so, concentration, more food. <laughs> yeah, well, it does, doesn't it? But the downside is I sat, when we were playing uh, international match, I sat down with food beside me, and that was probably a really bad idea because eating all day doesn't and sitting isn't a really good lifestyle. Yeah, I think if I sat down with a whole lot of food beside me, it'll all be gone by lunchtime. Yeah, so when you're directing, you've got to set up, and this is true across the board with what we do, you've got to set up the session, and we do that based on what our club wants in general for club play or what the environment allows us to do, which Real Bridge and BBI have things about what we can and can't do as well. When I directed in Christchurch, we collected the money and we did the scoring at the end around the room. And when with tournaments, sometimes people come in and help collect the table money or you pay before you sit down. The clubs have different systems and process. When I direct even tournaments, I go around and collect money a lot of the time because I'm wandering around the room anyway. So it doesn't matter that much. What about um, on Real Bridge, Julie? Is that a responsibility for you on Real Bridge? No, Real Bridge, you've got to be paying the club somewhere along the line because you're paying online or you've mm. got a means of paying to the club. So the person who's collecting the entries, the tournament secretary or the secretary or the treasurer or whoever it might be at the club with online will have a better idea than me. Now, I, I do have things where people have said occasionally, can you just say something to someone? It's a difficult situation being intrusive when you're directing and you're talking about money and collecting it from people, not to mention an embarrassment factor for people that have just forgotten. And one of the things I've found was like when we've run the congresses at Auckland, when I was manager of the Auckland Club, is that even if people have forgotten to pay, we are a really small community and there is no problem at all about people paying even after the event. Now, that might be a bit wider if we have, say, Australians or Argentinians or Canadians or whomever who might come in and play from overseas where we don't have quite that same knowledge of people. But I haven't heard of anyone, you know, sort of, 
coming along and playing and then running away and never paying the money back. I don't think it's an issue, even if we don't get it at the time we should. Or, like with online banking, we don't know if they're paid when they say they have. I don't see it's an issue. So collecting money for tournaments is normally something the club does rather than the director. But if it's an envelope, run around, collect the envelope or collect the money and someone else will count it or whatever. We were talking about boards earlier. Have you got any idea of how many boards you're going to put up for the pairs? Well, uh, it depends on the numbers. I mean, at the moment, I've got 20 tables. If I've got... At 20 tables, I can play two sessions of 30 boards, three boards a table, really, really comfortably for 60 boards. If I get more tables, then the numbers will change and the format will change because of of what we have to do to provide a, a reasonable movement. And the time, the time frame as well, about when we start and when we finish. The club's indicated on their notice, but that was for face-to-face where people had to travel. So possibly a bit more flexible was online than it was going to be face-to-face. People have things that they do and they want to be able to do them. So you've got parameters all the time. Mm. So don't go calling Julie in the weekend, Mariana. She'll be busy. (laughs) You're busier face-to-face because I can look at the screen and see who's fast, who's slow, and go and see them or not see them. Whereas when I'm playing at the bridge club, I'm walking around the room. It's far healthier face-to-face bridge for me. Do a lot of walking. She only takes little short steps too, Mariana. (laughs) She needs one of those pedometers. That'll be funny, wouldn't it? Then it's just because I'm short. It's just a thing. I better be careful, Mariana. Very careful. On on Saturday. Saturday I might get penalised for (laughs) printing on the size of the director's steps. I warn your teammates. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no, thanks, Julie. Good. good luck for the weekend. I hope it all goes well. Yeah, good luck to everybody that's playing this weekend. There's a few things on. And well done to those people in Wongaray and in Taranaki last weekend. Well done to all the people that did well there. We'll catch you next week. Okay. A favourite event's coming up on the calendar at Hamilton. So, people, if you're interested, our famous Hamilton Restricted Pairs is coming up. And lo and behold, it's been sponsored by the Cooperative Bank. Wonder who did that dodgy deal. <laughs> so good on the cooperative bank. Yeah, restricted pairs is always really popular. You're not allowed two open players playing together. And we're having it online this year. So this is all the rest of the country. You can all play in the Hamilton restricted pairs. If you've got a partner of, of a lower grade or a higher grade than you, you're in. It'd be interesting because we normally have a chocolate block club rooms when it's face to face. And it's well patronised. On Real Bridge... Not too sure how that's going. Have you been able to have a look, Barry, to see if there's been any entries yet? It's probably a bit far away yet, although it's, it's looming up. We do actually have a practice three Wednesdays prior to the actual tournament. So you're more than welcome to join the Hamilton Bridge Club and practice with your restricted partner. The club sessions on a Wednesday start at 7.30, is that correct? That's right. So if you're keen, March the 16th, leading up to the tournament, you're more than welcome to jump in and play at the Hamilton Bridge Club online. The Hamilton Restricted Pairs, is, by the way, is being held, the event itself is being held on the 3rd of April online, and it's at a bargain basement price, isn't it, Mariana? $15. $15. So I can see that Mariana Cullen has got her name down there, but there's eight tables so far. So yes, that's reasonably promising at this early stage. We've already got entries from Oteki, Karori, Hokifitu, Teradale, Franklin. We've got Kiri Kiri and Dargaville. 
Royal Epsom, Westport. They're all over the place, Mariana. Nah, that sounds brilliant. Famous last words, Mr. Jones. What do we got? Well, Bridge and Marlborough this weekend, or Hastings if you're prepared. All right, well, good luck to everybody who's playing Bridge this week. Barry and I wish you all the success, and we'll catch you next week. On the Bridge Zone. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.